This is your conscience speaking. Go like and subscribe. Do it now. And welcome back to the latest and greatest episode of the Shaving Points Podcast. My name is Jaden May. You can find me on Twitter at jmay56. Joined as always by my co-host, Quentin Crisco. How are we doing tonight, Quentin? I'm doing okay. I mean, I'm a little down. This weekend, I was trying to make homemade ice cream. And it just epically failed. But the good thing is, I found out where to learn to make it. Make ice cream? Yeah. You know where you learn? How did you learn to make ice cream? Go to Sunday school. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Sunday school to make Sunday ice cream. That's all you need to know. That's it. That's why the people are here. Absolutely. My name is Quentin Crisco. You can find me on Twitter at Stats. You can find the podcast on Twitter at shaving underscore points. That's PTS underscore pod. Go check out our website, shaving-points.com, for all the latest, greatest stuff that we put out, for all the merchandise that we have, like this lovely shirt I'm wearing and the lovely pullover Jay has on, or our outstanding hats. Um, and go check out our socials, YouTube, subscribe, like, comment, let us know what you think about what we're talking about. We're on Reddit, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, even LinkedIn, folks. So go link up with us. Me and everywhere, we will be there and we'll be talking sports. It is football season officially. Hard Knocks came out last night. Our boys, the Lions, out there doing their thing, being gritty. Dan Campbell out there talking about drowning opponents live on camera. You got Jamal Williams talking about if you're not a big dog, stay on the porch. It that was dog in him. Got that dog in him. Is an incredible first episode of Hard Knocks. I'm so excited. We're talking fantasy football this week. We're talking fantasy running backs. We have Hard Knocks. We have fantasy football in full swing. We have preseason in full swing. Football is back, boys. Football is here. It has arrived. Thursday Night Lights. I'm stoked. (laughs) Thursday Night Lights. Legendary. Best episode of Hard Knocks of all time, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Dan Campbell, Dan Talica lived up to his name, gave gave some Metallica quotes on the first episode. Didn't, Did see, you, much, uh... didn't see much Jared Goff, but Jamal Williams looks absolutely oh. electric. You look at Dan Campbell's coaching staff, and it was like, played in the NFL for eight years, played in the NFL for nine years, played in the NFL for 12 years, played in the NFL for 18 years, played in the NFL for 14 years. NFL experience all over that coaching staff. I thought Deuce Staley was about to fight Aaron Glenn at some point. It was incredible. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Absolutely electric. I watched it last night, and I'm so pumped. I love this Lions team. I've been on this Lions team for the past two years. It has been our motto, don't sleep on the Lions. And this team is looking gritty. It's looking good. And they about to make a run, man. Dude, you know Jared Goff is avoiding those cameras after last time on Hard Knocks. No, he's going to have his episode here pretty soon. I think he's going to have all episode dedicated to him. Aiden Hutchinson with his family. They did not shy away from his female family. Uh, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but good looking family to say the least. Yeah, there was one quote at the end, like during the credits that just had me rolling. It was just like candid camera. It was just like up in the corner of the offensive line room. They're all just sitting there. Not even really talking. And one guy just like says out loud to no one in particular, like, you know, I've got a bunch of clothes 
Those are the elaborate. really like, but I can't fit in them. And I'm just waiting for that day that they fit. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I've life never related a, more to an athlete in my life. Life of a big man. I have so many <laughs> awesome clothes in my closet that I can't wear. And I'm like, man, I, if I just lose 20 pounds, I'll be looking so fly. Never related more with an offensive lineman in my I, life. I, I laughed harder at that than anything in the whole episode. Yeah, I'm so excited <laughs> for this team, though. Amon Ross St. Brown made a couple of appearances, making some awesome catches. Jamison Williams, if they can get this defense together, I love this team. Jared Goff looking crisp, looking clean, making some good throws. I, I don't think a Hard Knocks episode one has ever got me more excited for football yeah. than the episode last night. I'm so excited. I, I started a fantasy football league today out of thin air. I got on the sleeper app. I got to put a team together. I texted all my heavy hitters and I was like, bro, we, we got to squad up. We got to get a team together. It is here. It is finally here. Yes, sir. We've been talking nonsense for five months and football <laughs> season is here, dude. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I can't wait. You want to talk about any of the Bears news? Roquan, not happy. Ron Poles is I'll, uh, I'll talk about it, degenerate. but I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> you can give us, a, give us a quick breakdown as our Bears insider. Yeah. Tevin Jenkins is being stooged on the field for a trade, I think. They're trying to build up any market value. I don't think anyone's going to get anything for him right now. And I'll give you a seventh rounder. Don't want him. Roquan Smith's holding has not gone well. Evidently, the Bears were a little surprised by his statement yesterday, as we can tell by Ryan Pohl's press conference yesterday. What did Ryan Pohl say in his press conference? I missed it. He said the word respect like eight times. Talking about Roquan <laughs> respecting the Bears? Talking about that they respect him and they're just looking for respect and just, it was very... RDSPCT, I get it. It was very pointed. The Bears contract negotiator has really not been helpful this offseason. Roquan could use an agent. That would go a long way, but I think the Bears are more at fault than Roquan at this point. So God. Cliff Stein, let me give a little background here. Okay. He's been okay. the he he negotiated contracts for the Bears from 2002 until 2015 when Ryan Pace got there. Ryan Pace got there, said this guy's not negotiating contracts anymore. He stayed on his legal counsel. Ryan Pace is gone. He's back in the chair negotiating contracts. But he's negotiating contracts like it's 2014, from my belief, at least, because he hasn't sat in the chair for, what, eight years now? And some of this, the stuff that he's doing is just, it's clear if you go look at Rap's tweets, Cliff Stein has been a problem here. And it kind of explains yeah. some of the problems the Bears have had this offseason. And ultimately, I think that comes back to a guy like Ryan Poles being a very inexperienced GM candidate. And he's learning on the job. I'll give him time to learn. You know, they got to repair some of this with the contract issues. You whiffed on free agency on anybody who are going for real estate. Anybody and everybody. And then you had the issue with Jaquan Brisker coming into camp. And now you're having issues with Roquan Smith. There, there's a clear issue with what their process to this so you go fix it like that's all i got on it yeah if you look at if you look at the tweets from rap and you look at what roquan said on twitter looks like they gave him a backhanded offer that was backloaded with not a whole lot of guaranteed money when you backload a contract with not a whole lot of guaranteed money you're probably never going to see the money that's on the contract no matter what the number is and um in today's nfl that According to the players, is dealing in bad faith. So I get Rokon's frustration. 
He also doesn't have an agent. He's negotiating for himself. So, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe they can take, maybe they thought they could take advantage of him or maybe he's not putting his foot down and presenting to the team what he wants. From everything that's came out from Roquan and the national media, it paints the Bears front office in a very, very, very bad light. Trying to backload a contract with little to no guaranteed money. If, if I'm Roquan, I want to see the guaranteed money because you play a position that isn't highly sought after. Here's my thing with it. You're going to have like over $100 million in cap space next year going into free agency. And so I don't why not front load it? If, if anyone listening has looked at the free agent class, it's not really that enticing, especially at positions of need for the Bears. Like wide receiver is rough. Defensive tackle is rough. So you're going to have all this cap space with no no premier players at your major positions of need to spend it on. Why not go that contract? Give it to Roquan here so that later on you might get a little more relief. That's my, him, my view on it. Give him a $40 million signing bonus. No, see, that's not relief. Give him a $40 million base salary in 2023. That's relief down the road. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. It would be awesome to see him go to a team that cares. I wrote an article today about what Roquan's contract is going to look like, theoretically, just based on market comps and stats, the position. And I can tell you this for a fact. If Micah Parsons keeps producing anywhere near the level he did, that dude's going to reset the market and then some for linebackers. He's outrageously ahead of everybody. Well, but he also does more than any other off-the-ball linebacker does. I mean, yeah, he, he does things that other off-the-ball linebackers don't do, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's that position. So if I'm the Bears, I'm I'm doing everything I can to pay him before the Cowboys pay Micah Parsons, which if we know anything about Jerry Jones, he's going to pay early and he's going to pay heavy. Either way, it doesn't matter. Bears got to figure something out. Ryan Poles is drowning right now in the media world. So they better hope Justin Fields is damn good with no receivers, no running backs, no tight ends, no offensive line. All right, moving on from the Bears talk. I know y'all don't want to hear it. Bears, I mean, they make, they're depressing. They make me want to cry. We all can't be a Cowboys organization that gets knocked out in the first round every year after going 10-7 and seven during the season. We, we can't all be that. It's very difficult to be a Cowboys team that does everything right and can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. We, we all can't do that. So moving on, let's talk about fantasy football, boy. And we're oh, talking yeah. about the running back position. It used to be the premier position in fantasy football. And now it's kind of a forgotten position. Maybe not forgotten. You have the zero RB strategy going on nowadays where you don't take a running back to the fourth round. You have guys that still highly value the running back position that it's like running back or bust first two rounds. You have people that are indifferent about it that say I'm taking best player available, whether it's running back or wide receiver, but the running back position, one of the most polarizing positions in fantasy football, you don't know what you're going to get. Every backfield seems like it's by committee these days. How do we rank these guys? How do we evaluate these guys? There we go. All right, starting at four. We're doing our top 25 running backs today for you all. In my opinion, when we said tier four, these are running back twos that you want on your roster. So for me, my tier four 
were guys that were right on the edge of being running back to valuable starters for you all year that could play in that flex position hell some of these guys could even be rb1 like these are good solid running backs that are weekly starters for you week in and week out starting at 25 you have one of my favorite players that's not in my top 25 only because i didn't know who to throw out but he is absolutely in my top 25 at damian pierce yeah so my thought process towards tier four was these are guys who could be absolute workhorses or stuck on your bench just in between do I start them? Do I sit them? They don't have that clear path to being a workhorse, I don't think. And Damian Pierce, I think I could see him being an absolute horse for the Texans this year just because he has no one in his way. But we don't know that yet. You know, that's the he only did, reason I think he he's did, this low. He didn't get carries at Florida, but when he did, he made the most of his opportunity. Oh, explosive plays on explosive plays at Florida. Sometimes his helmet popped off. He didn't care. He kept on trucking. He like care beautiful i love this kid he he just runs with so much energy and power i can't wait to watch him play in the nfl man i love damian pierce one of my favorite sleepers in all of fantasy but go through the rest of your tier four real quick for us yeah so cam Akers, he could be a james connor this year he might be just an absolute touchdown bully just stealing away points they love using him in the red zone He's explosive. He's a good fit for that wide zone that they run out there in L.A. Josh Jacobs, I initially had him higher, but the more I was thinking about it, I could see him then become a bit more dual back, especially with Josh Daniels there. So I had to knock him down a bit. I'm just not sure if he's going to be the horse that he, he has been in the past. There's still the chance, which is why he's still in the top 25. Same with David Montgomery. Um, in Chicago, they're switching to that wide zone scheme which he's just, he's more of an inside zone type of back. He's reading between the tackles, not reading to the edge and not quite as patient in the backfield and just doesn't have that burst to afford being that patient. Meanwhile, Khalil Herbert and Treston Ebner, the rookie they drafted out of Baylor, are both wide zone fits who have that explosive and gone first step to hit that edge and a lot of experience running a wide zone concept. So I think they're in Eden and Montgomery's share this year, which is why he's down here. Usually he's up probably around tier three or tier two in past years. J.K. Dobbins, I don't know who's going to get the touches in Baltimore, but someone's going to benefit from them and their power run heavy offense that I absolutely adore that they run. They keep yeah, the Roman so loves off guard. Loves the ball. Craig Roman loves making everyone think he's running the ball too. And then just like hitting a bomb down. I love Greg Roman. I'm not going to get off on that tangent, but JK Dobbins, I think he has the best shot to get the most carries there, the most touches. And that's why he's here. He had a lot of potential. He's coming off some injuries. So we'll see how he is athletically. I still like it like a flyer on him. Brees Hall with the Jets. I honestly didn't love this draft pick for them because I like Michael Carter a lot there. And I love Michael Carter. Eaten to I his love carries. Brees Hall. Brees Hall is my favorite running back going into this draft. Yeah. And with them having Michael Carter, I don't know who to touch. So I'm not yeah. touching either one of them. But I love both of them, which pisses me off because I'm like, you have two really good running backs, but they're both bell cows. So that's where my strategy here is to bet on one of them. You know, yeah. I like to take that mid, like those middling spots in the in the mid to late rounds and just make a bet one way. And if it doesn't work, you drop him and find another guy. But always, like, always bet on the guy that has less tread on the tires with running back. Yeah, the guy that was higher draft capital, the guy that they put more of a bet on is Brees Hall. And Brees Hall can do it all. He's not coming off the field 
for pass plays because he did pass pro at Iowa State. Absolutely. He knows how to do it. Like, that's the biggest trouble for most rookie QB or running backs that they don't know pass pro, so they can't play third downs. He knows it. That's a huge boost for his stock. Same with ETN. He's not a rookie anymore, but he practically is. He played rookie. last year. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can do pass pro, and he's solid. Clyde Edwards Alaire. This one's a bit more controversial, but he had, what was it, an appendectomy after last year, his first year. Or no, not an appendectomy. It was some, some type of major surgery after last year. After his first year, he had a bunch of injuries. This is the first full offseason he's ever had in the NFL. And you go back and look at his stats from his rookie year. He lit it up the first half of the year before he started getting hurt. He's coming in healthy. So I like it. Short and sweet for you guys. At 25, Elijah Mitchell. I just want a piece of that 49ers backfield. It doesn't matter. I think Elijah Mitchell is going to be the premier back to start the season. So I'm putting him at 25. Love that 49ers offense. And at 24, I David Montgomery. Dude's an absolute stud when he gets the ball in his hands. But... They do have some competition in that backfield. I don't know who's going to get the bulk of the carries, so I'll put David Montgomery at 24. Travis Etienne at 23, another guy who's competing for carries. He was drafted to take the bulk of the carries and get catches. I like him at 23 because I think he can catch the ball out of the backfield for Trevor Lawrence in that Jacksonville offense. At 22, I have J.K. Dobbins coming off injury. I absolutely love the offense Greg Robin runs over there in Baltimore. J.K. Dobbins at 22. I think if you can get him mid to late rounds, if he doesn't go early, he can, do, he can be a guy that really produces for you. But this is a guy I don't want to touch early because I don't know what's going to happen in that Baltimore offense. Then at 21, I have Josh Jacobs for the same reason that Q was saying. They do have a rookie. They have that Josh McDaniels offense. It's going to be that that West Coast zone offense. Be a lot of screens to the wide receivers. They love the tight end. Um, Josh Jacobs isn't going to get the catches. They run that two tight end set. All my rankings are based on half point PPR to to cut the difference between PPR and non-PPR. So I, I like Josh Jacobs 21. I think he's going to be solid. I think he's going to be at 1,100 yards on the ground, maybe 500 yards in the air, maybe six, seven touchdowns. I think he's going to be solid for you. If you can get Josh Jacobs in the third or fourth round, I think that's pristine for you at Tier 4. All right. Let's see Tier 3. I'll let You can start Tier 3, so uh, I'm not talking the whole time. I'm not eating up all, right. all the clock. Tier 3. Number 20, I have Miles Sanders, one of the most hated fantasy football running backs the past couple of years. People hype this guy up every single year, and every single year he disappoints. I think Nick Sirianni finally has got to the point where he's going to actually give the ball to Miles Sanders this year. I like him, don't love him. If he's there in, in that late third, early fourth, late fourth area, I love him in that spot. I think he's going to get some carries. I think he's going to make the most of his opportunities. There's not a whole lot of competition for him there in Philadelphia. Love that pick for him. Damon Harris at 19. Patriots will run the ball. They always run the ball. Damon Harris last year was a touchdown machine. I love Damon Harris at 19 here. 18, Saquon Barkley. Oh, he's back. He's back. Saquon's back every year. I, I have him at 18. I could probably put him lower. I hate Saquon Barkley. But you, I don't, I don't know if you can put him lower than 18. I don't know what to do with Saquon. He has all the talent in the world. He can score 20 touchdowns in a year. He can rush for 2,000 yards. He can do this. He can do that. But he doesn't do it. He's always hurt. Put him at 18 for me. If for, if for somehow this dude slips so far back to the third or fourth round, I will take Saquon there. I ain't touching Saquon. I have him there because to me, for Saquon, that's untouchable. Because I'm not getting him as the 18th running back. It's just not happening. 17, James Conner in Arizona. He was great last year for Arizona. Touchdown machine. 
I think he's still going to get the touches. I think he can still get some carries. He's going to get the yards. He's going to be solid for you. This is this is the prototypical 10 to 12 points a game. He may, be, he may never do more than 20 in a game all season, but he's going to consistently get you points all year. He's good in the red zone. I like James Conner there. Cam Akers at 16. Got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. But the Rams need somebody to run the ball. They need somebody to run the ball. I love Cam Akers here at 16 if he's there. But this is another guy I think he's going to go earlier than this. I have him here specifically because, like, if he's there, I'll take him. But most likely he's not going to be there. Number 15. This one has asterisks around it. It's Alvin Kamara. It is August 10th, 2022 right now. We don't know Alvin Kamara's situation. If I'm drafting today, I will take Alvin Kamara as the 15th running back off the board. If his legal situation is settled, and whenever I know how many games he's getting suspended or not suspended at all, that will vastly change my opinion on Alvin Kamara. We all know how good Alvin Kamara is. I don't really have to defend that. All right, now to James Cook. My favorite rookie in this class for Buffalo. I think they're going to run the piss out of this guy. I think he's going to. I think he's going to do all the things that we thought all these other Buffalo running backs were going to do for the past four years. I love this James Cook pick. He's bigger, stronger, faster than his brother Dalvin, and he's getting undervalued because he was on a stacked Georgia team. I love this James Cook pick. And then at number thirteen, I have playoff Lenny, playoff Leonard for the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For these tier three guys, these these are basically what you're targeting for RB2s or late RB1s if you go receiver, receiver, receiver. These are the guys that can be your number one running back if you need them. Or they can be your RB2 if you take a top tier running back early. But playoff Lenny, I think, is going to be a guy that can get you seven touchdowns, 1,300 yards, and maybe... 400 yards receiving. I think he's going to be solid all year. I think at he's my 13th ranked running back, and I think he's going to be solid and get you points all year. If you can get him in the third or fourth, I think that's absolute steal for playoff Leonard. Yeah, so for me, these guys are, like you said, I agree with you, low-end RB1 to RB2. Ultimately, my my thought on these players is if if they are getting the lion's share of the opportunity on the team, I think they're tier two running backs. I just am not sure if they will. Elijah Mitchell. Is it going to be Jeff Wilson Jr. stealing carries from? Is it going to be the rookie uh, Tyrion Davis Price? I don't know. Will Saquon Barkley stay healthy? I don't know. Javante Williams. Will Melvin Gordon eat up all his touchdowns? Don't you talk about I don't that. know. Uh, Hold on. I, I don't want to give anything away. But the fact that this dude has Javante Williams at 15. Baffling. He's been overvalued, man. Go on. He's been overvalued. Hey, um, I've been calling it since January. I've been calling it since January. Leonard Fournette. Is Rashad White going to start eating into those carries? They got Gio Bernard there, who's really good on passing downs. Gio I don't know. Bernard. Nick Chubb. What's going on with Kareem Hunt? Is he going to be there? Uh, Dearness uh, Johnson. Johnson. Is he going to keep eating into carries? DeAndre Swift. I love Jamal Williams this year. He's outside my top 25, but I love him. So I got to knock Swift because I love Jamal Williams. Not going to say nothing. We'll just move on. His hard knock speech was enough to know that we have. Dog. He's got two guys here that you won't see for another five minutes for me. So. 
Moving on. And on the Buffalo running back talk, I still love Devin Singletary. I almost had him in my top 25. Yeah, we, we've all loved Dude, Devin Singletary. For the, 10 points a week. We've all loved Devin Singletary for the last three years, and he's been average at best. Right. Clockwork, 10 points a week. He's consistent. Moving That's what on I need in RB3. Consistent. So, tier two for me. These are the guys that they can absolutely be your number one running back. These are the guys that I would probably prefer to be my number one running back because I'm probably going wide receiver early and finding running back late. These are the guys that I think are going to be there week in, week out, getting you the carries. And I am basing my rankings on what I think they will be at the end of the season, not what they have done, not what anybody else thinks they'll do. These are my running backs that I think will consistently get you the value you need to be your RB1 week in, week out that you can get in the second and third round. And number 12, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Everybody shits on Ezekiel Elliott. I shit on Ezekiel Elliott. He gets carries. He gets he gets so much volume for that Dallas Cowboys offense that he shouldn't get. It's just the fact of the matter. I don't think he should get the carries that he gets, but he still gets them. He ended up the fifth overall running back last year for half-point PPR. He gets the carries. He It looks terrible in the games. At the end of the year, he's a top-five running back. Happens year in, year out. He is force-fed carries. He is the prototypical guy you want for fantasy football. He may only get 65 yards, but he's going to get force-fed a touchdown and four catches for 30 yards and all of a sudden have 12 points. That's what Ezekiel Elliott is. And uh, that's why I have him at 10. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb will be a top five running back for me if they trade Kareem Hunt. If they do not trade Kareem Hunt, I still like Nick Chubb at number 11. He is so explosive. He might be the best running back in football. They don't give him the ball enough. He might get the ball more because they don't have a quarterback because their quarterback's a rapist. But we will see. I love Nick Chubb at 11. Austin Eckler at number 10. Everybody talks about, oh, Austin Eckler, 20 touchdowns last year, 20 touchdowns last year, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to get 20 touchdowns again. Not going to happen. Um, they got a rookie coming in who's phenomenal. They Their wide receiver core is healthy. He, he's not going to get 20 touchdowns again. Forget it. He's he's a top 10 running back. That's all it is. I mean, he he's, he's nothing special running the football. He gets a couple of catches a game. There, there's nothing about Austin Eckler that screams to me a top five guy again. I mean, he's going to be good, not great. People are going to reach for him. I'm probably not going to get him as my 10th running back, but he is the 10th running back. He, he's not going to do what he did last year. Uh, Dalvin Cook at nine, can't stay healthy. If he could, he would be higher. Derrick Henry at eight, can't stay healthy. If he could, he'd be higher. Was going to break records last year. He didn't. Couldn't stay healthy. Najee Harris at number seven, terrible offense. I don't care if it's Mitch. I don't care if it's Mason Rudolph. I don't care if it's Kenny Pickett. Don't know who's running the offense. Offensive line's mediocre at best. I think he's one of the best running backs in football. He's going to have some catches. He's going to have some yards. He's going to get force-fed the ball. I think he's going to get force-fed the ball to where he's going to be a a, a top eight guy. If you can get him early, early second, late second, I love Najee Harris in that spot, but I'm not going to overpay for him because – I don't know what that offense is going to be, and I think they're going to struggle to move the ball. And if they're struggling to move the ball, then his carry is going to be limited. So I get Najee Harris at seven. All right. Damian Harris, 
Damian Harris would be tier one for me if Ramondre Stevenson wasn't there. I love Damian Harris. Um, but unfortunately, Ramondre Stevenson is there and he's going to eat up some of those touches. Um, Najee Harris, for a lot of the reasons Jay said, I have not seen a running back with better footwork than Najee Harris very often. I mean, he, the dude is incredible. What he did last year behind a bad O-line was incredible, but it's still not a good O-line. It's still a really bad QB situation. He gets knocked down a tier as well to tier two because I just do not trust the offense around him. Alvin Kamara, tier one running back, but pushed down a tier two because of his off-field problems. Like Jay was saying earlier, some of that I do feel more optimistic about. His trial date was pushed back to September 15th, I believe. And it might even be pushed back again. That was like the fourth time it's been pushed back. So there's clearly some issues there with whether his trial is going to happen, how it's going to happen. Not at all speaking to the legal side of this, but from the fantasy side, I still like him as a tier two guy here because I think I'm just making a bet. I'm just hedging a bet basically that there's a good chance you're a great value on Alvin Kamara, in my opinion. Aaron Jones. So, A.J. Dillon. Yeah, he's going to eat in some of the carries, some of the touchdowns, some of the touches. But Aaron Jones, especially the first half of this year, is going to catch the football so many times that if you're in a PPR or half PPR league and he's available... you know, It's crazy you, know, you don't have him higher. I thought about it, but I just couldn't put a Packer that high. This is where Packers belong <laughs> in Tier mm -hmm. 2. I'm trying to win. I ain't worried about grudges. The only grudge I care about is the Green Bay Packers. But he's going to catch a lot of footballs. And also the other reason I have him a little lower is I think in the second half of the year is those receivers in Green Bay find their footing. His production is going to drop off. And that's when I want to see guys pushing up, not falling down. You know, and I, I don't think his production in the second half is going to be his production in the first half. Joe Mixon. He would be higher if it wasn't for Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans is going to do some stuff this year as third down back. That is going to eat into Joe Mixon's catches. He's still Joe Mixon. He's still going to put up yards. He's still going to put up catches and put up good points. That's why he's tier two. These guys are very good backs to have on your team. And Ezekiel Elliott, for all the reasons and then some that Jay already touched on, he's playing out bum knee last year. Still RB6, RB5, something right around there, depending on your league scoring. He's going to keep getting touches. He's going to keep, they paid the man. They're going to get their money's worth out of him. They're going to run him into the ground. Yeah. I mean, it's, if, if you can get Zeke in like the third round, it's a no brainer. Don't think it that's going to happen, but even second yeah. round, you, you do it. Late, great late value. Second, He's a yeah. first round running back. And for some reason, people it, are so down on him. People are going to overlook and, him because yeah. they watch the film and they're like, oh, this guy sucks, but he gets 13 points a week. I think in my mock the other day, I got him in the third round in a PPR. Yeah. It's stupid. He may be the number one sleeper in fantasy football. When I say sleeper, I refer to sleepers as ADP. I don't refer to sleepers as getting them in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round. I refer to sleepers as where you can get them in their ADP compared to what they're going to give you at the end of the season. And yeah. Zeke might be one of my number one sleepers because he is a first round running back that you can get second and third round. They're going to force feed him the ball. They always do. Tony Pollard is the better running back. Everybody knows it. Zeke's going to get the carries. Zeke's going to get the touches. Yep. My tier two, I mean, I have seven through 12 right there. 
you can order them in basically whatever order you want because I think they're basically all neck and neck. There's not a whole lot of differential for me between seven and twelve here. Wow. I don't know about your six through eleven, but like my my seven through twelve here, I mean you can put them in any order you want, and I would be okay with taking any of them. Yeah, I was saying like with, that's why we tier them because it's like these numbers are so close, and whether a guy's six or eleven or you know. 15 yeah. or 18 if, like if, it, it, like if, it doesn't it, they're in these tiers because they're that close if i'm picking 20th overall and i have Najee and zeke there like i don't know if i take Najee or zeke i i don't know i'll probably take zeke just because i i think the offense is going to be better in dallas but Najee is my seven and zeke's my 12 so like yeah. i think Najee is the better running back today but I look at the offense that Dallas runs. I think Dallas's offense is going to be on the field a lot more than Pittsburgh's offense. So I may take Zeke in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's let's move on to tier one. Might make some people mad here. For me, I had a hard time putting this guy in my tier one. Real hard time putting in this in my tier one. At number six, I have the man, the myth, the legend. Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in football when he's healthy. But when is he healthy? He's never healthy. Um, I I went so hard on this guy earlier in the season. You can go back to our previous episodes last year, earlier in the season. I was all over the Carolina Panthers. I said, Christian McCaffrey's back. They're going to win. Out immediately. Worthless. Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy. I have him at six solely because if you're picking – to me, if he's my sixth running back, and if you're picking, if you're in a 12 team league and you're picking, if you got the wraparound, if you have the 12th and 13th pick, and Christian McCaffrey's there, you can't not take him, even though it would be, I would have a hard time taking him there, but you can't not take him. I don't think he's going to last that long, you're but you can't not take him. It. Yeah, like you can't not do it. Like if you're in a league with a bunch of players, and everybody has the same opinion. Like, I don't know. Like, somebody's eventually going to have to take him. And, like, you kind of have to bite the bullet there at the 12th spot. For every one of these guys, there's a point where they become value. And his is his is higher than some other guys. Yeah. So, he's almost, like, tier 1B for me. Because, like, if he's at his best, he's tier 1. But you don't know if he's at his best. And, for me, the rest of these five guys are my – five top running backs and I would be happy to get any of them. I don't take running back in the first round unless something crazy happens. My top five is going to piss a lot of people off. And this is my top five of how I think the season is going to end. Not going into the season, not what they've done in the past. I don't live in the past. I live in the, I live in the today, the here and now. I don't live in the past. This is how I think the season is going to end up. At number five, I have Joe Mixon. Best offensive line he's had his entire career. He's been good, not great running back for fantasy. He always catches the ball well. He always finds the end zone. He's had a little bit of struggles with another running back stealing his carries. That's what Quentin alluded to a little bit earlier. But I think this year, he's going to absolutely kill it. Number four, I have DeAndre Swift. That lion boy. You talk about one of the most versatile backs in the NFL. He can block. He can run. He can catch. Even even with Jamal Williams sharing that backfield with him, I think Dan Campbell is going to run the piss on the football. 
And then off the play action, they have two great running backs and a great tight end. I think DeAndre Swift is up for a monster season. I think this dude has an Austin Eckler type season this year. I think he can get close to 20 touchdowns this year with how much threat they have on the outside. I absolutely love DeAndre Swift in this fourth spot. Number three, I have Jonathan Taylor, the best running, like the best running back in football. No denying. I love Jonathan Taylor. I think he's the best running back in football. I have him at three solely because I think he is the best player on the Indianapolis Colts offense. And with Matt Ryan coming in, I think they're going to try to limit his carries, save him for later in the season. I think Jonathan Taylor is the guy you want for playoffs and championships for fantasy football. But he may not do enough early in the season to get you there. To make the playoffs, you have to win games. And to win games, you got to score points. And I don't know if Jonathan Taylor's performance will be there early in the season. But if, if I have Jonathan Taylor at seventh overall when I'm picking, I will gladly take him there. I love Jonathan Taylor late in the season. I love Jonathan Taylor for playoffs. But playoffs don't matter if you don't make the playoffs. Playoffs, playoffs don't matter playoffs. if you don't. It doesn't matter if you don't make the playoffs. And I think I think he's going to be a slow starter. I think they're going to try to limit his carries because he is so important to that team. I think they're going to try to get by week weeks one, weeks two, week three, week four, week five, and then about week seven, week seven, week seven through week ten, he's going to start putting it on. And if, if you can, if you can just survive. Until about week six, week seven, I think he's going to put it on and put an absolute show for everybody. But overall, I think I think he's going to come around running back two or three by the time the season's ended because he had a late start. Number two, I have Aaron Jones. I love this guy. Green Bay lost Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones is a pass-catching running back. Aaron Rodgers has to throw the ball to somebody. I love Aaron Jones in the spot. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. They have a good offensive line. They have one of the best quarterbacks in football. I absolutely love Aaron Jones here at the two spot. Absolutely love him. Absolutely love him in the two spot here. Aaron Jones, my one, my one and my one A, like Aaron Jones and my number one are very interchangeable. I love both of them. Like I will, I will take either one of them at the five spot. That's the earliest I'm taking a running back this year is at number five overall, and that's only if certain wide receivers go first. But at number one overall, he's a guy that's going in the second or third round. And you talk about sleepers. I, I said a second ago, I consider a sleeper on his ADP, and this guy's ADP is anywhere between twenty three and thirty four, and. He is my favorite number one running back in fantasy football. That is Pookie. Mr. Pookie, Javante Williams for the Denver Broncos. I said it months ago when we were doing our previews. I love Javante Williams in this offense. Russ has always been best when he can run the ball and run off that play action. I think Javante Williams with this offensive line, with these receivers, with this quarterback is going to be wide open. I think he's going to just massacre. You look at the division, everybody in the division is built to stop the pass, and you have a beast like Javante Williams running the football. I think he's going to get a lot of carries, 
a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and the man can catch the ball out of the backfield. I love, 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 love Javante Williams in this offense. He is my number one running back in fantasy football this year. And if you don't agree, you can fight me. Okay, so everything that Jay already said, and that's all I have to say about that. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. You know how many games Derrick Henry year. played last year? 11. Eight. Eight. And had like a thousand yards. Yeah. RB20. Only eight games. Yep. I'm, I'm not passing on that. Derrick Henry's a tier one running back. I don't care if he's got hurt last year. It's the only serious injury of his career. I'm still betting that he's coming back fine. Yeah, that's, he was RB20 with only eight games. That's, that's so another ridiculous. guy. That's another guy. I think they're just going to, I think they're going to try to save him. I mean, yeah. if it was just based on like who, like if you were asking who the best running backs in the league were, I would have Derrick Henry higher. I just, well, so with how important he is, I think they're going to try to, I think they're going to do the, what I said they were going to do with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And I can, I can see that. Now, I should clarify here. Historically, I never had any issues winning early in the season. I have issues in the second half of the season. So my running back rankings reflect that a little. I want guys who are going to last, guys who are going to be there down the home stretch, because typically I do find the first few weeks. I'll usually get out to near the top of the league in the first few games and then start to trail off and need to be panicking on the waiver wire for running backs at that point. So that's why I have these guys who are second half of the season boosts a little higher. Dalvin Cook, this is the best offensive line he's ever played behind. Minnesota has finally put together an offensive line that makes me go, okay, those those guys are kind of good, which is not easy for me to say as a Bears fan. So that I don't think he's going to come off the field that often this year. He's had the injury issues, as you touched on earlier. I'll take that risk here for him with that O-line. I think he's going to be explosive this year. Austin Eckler, he's still going to get tons of catches. Like this is, a, I was assuming PPR with putting him this high, if it's half PPR and probably knocking him down a little bit, but he's still going to get a ton of catches in that offense, which is why. If you look at, my only thing about Austin Eckler, if you look at ADP, I like his backup better than him. On ADP alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on, AD, on general value, I agree. But I think just on the points he's going to put up in a PPR league, Austin Eckler has to be in tier one for me. Yeah. And then Jonathan yeah. Taylor, like you were saying earlier, second half of the season, this guy's going to be a monster. Jonathan, this, this Jonathan guy Taylor can win, win you a championship. For you if you just get yourself in position to be in contention in the second half of the year. Yeah. And the, the way I build my teams, if I can get Jonathan Taylor in the second round, I would love it. Nine times out of 10, I'm not taking a running back in the first round. And Jonathan Taylor's the first round running back. So yeah, I got you. I'm taking him in the first round. <laughs> over who? You you taking him over Justin Jefferson? We'll get to it. We'll get we'll, we'll do an entire big board here soon. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're speaking of receivers is gonna I'm gonna spend I'm gonna change my board ten times before we finalize it because yeah. it is gonna be so difficult to do receivers for this. Oh yeah. And moving on to the last part of this episode, we're gonna talk handcuffs. We took our top handcuffs of the season between the two of us and we'll talk through them real quick and my number one handcuff obviously to javante williams is melvin gordon one of the best running backs in fantasy football a short four years ago is now the second string running back 
to Javante Williams. And if you take Javante, you got to get Melvin Gordon due to injury. I think the offense is set up perfectly if Javante goes down for Melvin Gordon to have a huge, huge season. So if you get Javante, make sure to get Melvin Gordon with him. And then A.J. Dillon is another guy. He's a young guy. He's very, 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 very good, but he's also behind an even better running back. So I, AJ, I think AJ Dillon might be better than Aaron Jones. I just think Aaron Jones is more versatile. You know, we we can say the same thing about Tony Pollard, but they paid yeah. Aaron Jones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they paid Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is getting the touches, but if you're taking Aaron Jones, make sure to handcuff him with AJ Dillon, and then I'll let I'll let you take the next two. Do not forget to get Jamal Williams if you got DeAndre Swift. Simple as like, just don't, don't do it. He's a dog. Go watch Hard Knocks and tell me you don't want Jamal Williams on your team. Like, if you don't want to be a big dog, piss off the porch. <laughs> Ultimately, like Dan Campbell loves this dude. This dude's gonna get run. And I think he might steal carries away from DeAndre Swift personally. Like, I think he's going to come in there with a bruising running style that really fits the Lions. Lions I think culture. my opinion on Jamal Williams is he might get some trash carries. As long as, as long as DeAndre Swift is healthy, he's going to get the bulk of the carries. But if DeAndre Swift goes down, Jamal Williams will be a top five running back. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that with the, if, if DeAndre Swift goes down part, I just think he might be a, a worthy bench running back at least, even if Swift's healthy. He will be a, he'll be a flex option if, if you lose another running back and you need a running back to start. Even with DeAndre Swift healthy, he could still a touchdown or two. And he could, he could sneakily get you eight or nine points if, if both your running backs go down. So even if you don't have DeAndre Swift, he's one of those guys that could sneakily get you a couple of points every week. But I, I, in my opinion, personally, I don't think he's a week-to-week starter, but he's definitely a, a guy you want handcuffed to DeAndre Swift. Yeah, and I, I liked him before all the hard knock stuff that, I, that I'm harping on just because he closed out last year strong for the Lions. Last, like, five games, he was getting the, yeah. the carries because Swift was out, and he was, he was playing better than you ever saw him play. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Spiller. Let me. Can I take this he, one? Oh yeah. Isaiah Spiller. I might like him better than Austin Eckler. Low key. Um, if I get Austin Eckler, I'm absolutely taking Isaiah Spiller. I will draft him so early. I will take him in the sixth round. If I have Austin Eckler, I think I think he is gonna win the job. In LA, I think he's going to be the starter by the end of the season. I think he could potentially be a top 10 running back. But if I do not get Austin Eckler, I'm not taking the chance on him after Austin Eckler's last season. But if I have Austin Eckler, I am I am putting the capital towards making sure I have Isaiah Spiller because I think this guy will be the starter. And I think you can get him in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round right now. I don't, I don't exactly know his ADP, but I actually like Spiller better than Eckler. But if I end up with Eckler on my team, I'm making it for certain that I have Spiller on my team. 
ADP of 192 or no. Yeah. Something around there. Yeah, absolutely. Very late. Yeah. If I have Eckler, like I may overdraft Eckler just to handcuff Spiller to him. But that's how much I love this Chargers run game and how much I think that Spiller is better than Eckler. Yeah. I mean, I can, I, I mean, I, at the very least, I think he can be Walmart Austin Eckler at the best. I, I think he's a guy you definitely want on your bench or T yeah. or starting if everything goes right for him. Absolutely. Um, Tony Pollard. This is a little explosive, like spider monkey. He's better than Zig. I yeah. mean, as a Cowboys fan, I wish he was the starting running back. And he's just not. He hasn't been for the past now, three years. I he's do been think he gets the, the past ball three years. in much more favorable situations than Zeke does. And that makes his stats outrageously better than Zeke's. Zeke, Zeke gets the ball in a lot of tougher situations, tougher spots. Typically. Yeah. I mean, but. That doesn't matter for fantasy because he's going to get yeah. the ball. He's going to put up points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I never wish injury upon anybody, but like, if Zeke were to go down with an injury, he's been paid. He's a grown-ass man. He's got his money. I would love to see Tony Pollard be the lead back for this Dallas Cowboys offense. Yeah. <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson. Another guy. David Harris. fly up draft boards I saw earlier today. He, he, he's moved up like 20, 30 spots in ADP. Um, yeah, I mean, he was good last year. might be out. I know, man. I drafted him in the last round last year and sat him on my bench for like 10 weeks. And then I finally cut him because I was like, this dude's doing nothing, even though oh, I yeah, liked him a lot preseason. And then the very next week, he starts going off. And I'm just like pulling my hair out. And that's why I'm bald. <laughs> um, Pull it off your yeah, hair Ramondre out. Stevenson, this dude can do a lot in the pass game. And he's good between the tackles. He's good on the outside. Like, I mean, he's, he's just a very complete back. Uh, him and Damian Harris are actually very similar players, I think. Uh, yeah. But Damian Harris is the lead back there for now. You never know in New England. Like I said, I'm on the Damian Harris train, but there's a reason he's dropped a tier because Ramondre Stevenson's there. Then going on to our last one, Alexander Madison, the premier handcuff. This guy has been the premier handcuff for the past probably four seasons. It's yeah. always, if you get Dalvin Cook, you want Alexander Madison on your team. Nothing has changed. He is he's a stud backup running back. He's going to get the job done. If Dalvin Cook goes down, he's going to get you 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, 27 catches, and 300 yards on top of it. He's going to be good, not great, but he is the perfect handcuff to uh, often injure Dalvin Cook. Pro tip. Even if you don't have Dalvin Cook, take Alexander Madison if someone good in your league takes Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Because it'll screw him. That's trade back. Next year. Yeah. Because Dalvin Cook's not going to sell. healthy. And he's he's going to be a solid bench running back for you. Yeah. Madison, you can play Madison when you need to, just not every week. Yeah, absolutely. But that's going to be our handcuffs. That is the highly anticipated running back rankings of the shaving points podcast let us know where we're right where we're wrong tell me why javante williams is the best running back in football so i can fight you in the streets i will dan campbell you i think that's it go go follow our twitch stream so you catch lamar jackson games they beat the deshaun watson led houston texans by 30 points last night so they're they're hitting they're hitting a roll sitting at four and six now we're making a playoff run boys 
Make it a playoff run, boys. Let's go. All right. All Lamar Jackson well, all the time. Like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, Shaving Points Podcast. Uh, website, shaving-points.com. Get all of our content there. Like and subscribe. Let us know what you think. And whatever you do, don't sleep on the lines. Jamal Williams is a dog.